This podcast is a love letter to every small business owner in Africa that dreams of growing big, every African executive that wants to get ahead, and every leader that wants more impact. I'm Tembi Kumalo, your host and the founder of Brand Builder Africa. We'll talk about everything to do with growing your business by building your brand. Hi there. Today I am talking to a woman who is passionate about the potential of technology to help bridge global inequality. Her name is Sonwavi Semzinyati and she is the chair of the board of directors for the South African Women in ICT Forum, a forum that serves to create opportunities for women in South Africa's ICT sector and ICT-enabled industries. She's the founder of Source Creations, which is an impact investing company focused on environmental, social, and governance innovation in the technology space. She is a young woman whose personal brand just fascinates me because she's so clear about the things she cares about. She's also clear about her value proposition in the ICT space. And I can't wait for you to tune into this conversation and to give us your feedback after. Here we go. So we at Brand Builder are on a crusade, should I call it, to get to the heart of personal branding for women leaders and specifically women leaders in Africa. And... What I know about you as the chair of the board of the South African Women in ITC Forum, as a counselor on the BBBBEEEE ICT Sector Council, as a senior manager, as a founder, as an MBA candidate, is that women leaders are killing it in Africa. Um, Yeah. And I want you to confirm that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Firstly, um, I, I, I really congratulations on um, the series and the podcast that you are embarking on. Really, really fantastic. Women leaders in Africa are really, really killing it. And um, far too few of their stories are actually being broadcast and being told. So, so congratulations for that. But also thank you on behalf thank of you. women leaders. Thank you. So speaking of far too few of them, you're in a space where there's far too few of them, that being ICT. Tell me a little bit about that, about your experience as a woman in ICT and what that even means. Like, what does ICT cover? Okay, sure. So ICT, broadly speaking, covers broadcast telecommunications. Um, It covers information technology. Um, and as, as well as electronic systems. Um, so that's ah, what we mean when we're talking that's about... That's pretty broad. Yes, yes. So that's what we mean when we're talking about industry. Um, you would have heard buzzwords like the fourth industrial revolution, yes. artificial intelligence, data, big data, um, coding. Um, that's mm. only a little bit. That's only part of what the industry encompasses, actually. Ah, that is really, really good to know because I was feeling, I always feel left out 
when people talk about ICT. But I'm feeling now like, actually, I could belong. Right? No, definitely. Yeah, broadcasting, <laughs> broadcasting is definitely part of um, the ICT sector. Okay. Yeah. And so what is the experience of women in that sector in Africa, would you say? So funny enough, the South African Women and ICT Forum has just uh, supported um, a report called the Leaky Pipeline Report, um, which is talking about the retention rate of women in ICT. And it was authored mm-hmm. by an amazing, phenomenal woman called Saison Kunda. And it was in partnership with the Black IT Forum and uh, Precision Growth. And that report um, consisted of both qualitative and um, quantitative research around the experience of women in the sector. And it was saying women tend to leave the sector between the ages of 30 to 35. Um, right. That we're still sitting at this day and age, still sitting at just less than 23% um, of women in the sector. Um, and this is just broadly ranging in the whole sector. If you delve into mm. things like cybersecurity, you'll find less than into um, things like AI research or big data. You know, the percentage shrinks. The 23% covers the whole sector. Um, right. And the experience of women in the sector, uh, Tembi, believe it or not, is that they still feel unwelcome. They still feel like it's a boys' oh. club. Yeah, and they still feel like um, corporate uh, ICT firms are, are, are very masculine in nature. They're toxic. Um, mm, of course, the culture. The, yes, yes, the culture. And it might, sometimes it's just in a, in a really um, covert way, uh, in mm, ways that they don't mm. even realize that they are perpetuating right. it. Yeah. The gender pay gap. I mean, that is something that we've been fighting for years. <laughs> um, that still and exists. the fight is still on. Exactly. Hmm. So what, what should women be doing? What conversations should we be having? Where should we be putting our hands up? And generally, what sort of uh, noises should we be making? On what platforms? How can mm-hmm. we help? So I think to a certain extent, it's the old age things we've been saying we must do. Um, and, and, and the first of them is ensuring that as a woman, you have both mentors and you have sponsors. Um, okay. when, you, when you join a sec- this sector, the ICT sector, but also the any male-dominated sector, make sure that you, you have mentors and sponsors that are both male and female. Because if you're joining a playground you have to partner with those males in order to, to drive change. Okay. Makes sense. Makes yeah. Sense. Then the next thing and, that, oh, sorry, go ahead. And I just want to put this to bed, you know, <laughs> early in our conversation, <laughs> there's this, um, this thinking that women don't support women, that it's very hard to find a woman mentor, that a woman's going to, you know, work to keep you down if she's above you and so on. Would you say that that is true in your experience or in your observation um, or that it's a myth? Because I have a position on this, but I won't preempt you. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, you know, Tembi, I don't want to take away from other people's experience. I don't want to take away from mm. other women's experience. So mm. if that has been a woman's experience somewhere, I, I am deeply empathetic um, to you because I've had the experience of women really galvanizing around me, really right. um, supporting me. The very, the very fact that I'm sitting on this podcast is because a woman called is such a pillar in my life um and i think i had also taken a decision myself to support women um, to really ensure that whatever seat i have whatever voice i have i am prioritizing women um in those conversations and that has completely changed my outlook on that perspective yeah Mm -hmm. no I think actually what you said about not invalidating other women's experiences is really important and a a good lesson for me because I feel very strongly that this pull her down thing is a myth that it's perpetuated by those who benefit from it which is men largely Mm. um but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I have a, a 17-year-old daughter and lately her anthem is all about feelings being invalidated. So mm. I tiptoe very cautiously around <laughs> my responses to anything she says because, you know, I'm always in danger of being accused of invalidating her feelings. So I think it's, wow. it's important. She's even, an amazing, yeah. <laughs> very mature, mature daughter for 17 wow 17 year olds are a bit Mm. like that i think i think they're like that so speaking of of children and and girl children in particular what do you think the future looks like for your daughter you're a mum, and one day your little girl is going to be a big girl and she's going to be looking at career options and making her way in the world how much of what you are dealing with as a woman, say in ICT or as a woman in Africa or as a black woman in the workspace, how much of that do you think she's going to have to deal with too? Oh God, I hope none of it. Um, mm. But the reality is that, so the, the World Economic Forum um, at the beginning of the year had said it will take us a hundred years to bridge the gender inequality gap. Then COVID happened and post-COVID they've revised this to say it will take some 230 years. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes, for us to reach uh, gender parity. Um, That is incredible. Like how did that number just double over a six, nine month (laughs) period? So they look at the data sets and how we've transgressed or, or, or regressed rather. Um, wow. Because of the impact of COVID on our economies, on our policies, on um, the respond on gender equality. And then they make an analysis based on that. Wow. I, I'm stunned. I hope <laughs> and I hope it doesn't depress you. <laughs> because it really it bumped me for I I had to dig deep to really continue right? to really, really continue and precisely for my daughter and her generations because I also believe, Timby, that the things that you do um come back 
to reward your generations. Um, mm, I believe that yeah. when you do good, you might not have, it might not directly impact you, but it will, it will, um, it will benefit those that are coming after us. And, and right. I, so I've learned to continue and to ensure that I am continuing trying to get us to a point, at least to understand why gender parity is, is important and how we should normalize it. Mm. I mean, that's such a great way of looking at it. And, you know, being Zimbabwean, living and doing business in Zimbabwe, that's something that I am going to definitely take as a takeaway from you. Um, just saying to yourself, it may not change in my generation, but whatever yeah. impact I have or whatever, um, you know, change I stimulate in, in my time could well benefit the generations that follow me. Thank you for that. That, that actually so, just gave me such goosebumps. <laughs> Like yeah. knowing what Zimbabwe yeah. is going through, like that game of goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's deep. Yeah. So let's talk about being or becoming a woman. Like, how did you become the woman you are today in the context of a world in which, you know, it's it's largely, especially in the workplace, run by men and and you're not necessarily welcome in your field of expertise um how how did you navigate that and what are the the kind of helpful points that you can give to uh, to younger women mm. trying to do the same i think for me firstly it was it's my parents hey Timby. um mm. i call my parents god's love in human form they wow. they really made me believe that I am the greatest and that I can be and do whatever I want and that I don't have room not to do well. They never gave me an opportunity to, to dwell in failure <laughs> or to slack. They really didn't. And I used to be upset about that. But now I, now I really appreciate the fact that they never, ever allowed me to sit in the place of failure or doom and gloom. Mm. Um, and then I think then of course is having grown up in a really toxic country um, and being made to re realize very early that as a woman, I have to be aware of my gender. I have to be aware mm of where I am and how I'm speaking and to whom at all times um, made me become more deliberate and intentional about the steps I take and the decisions right. I make and the way I act and, and for what reason. I'm not saying I didn't have a childhood. I had a great childhood um, and sure. a great, and, and the great varsity. And I, I was a child, child, but I was always very intentional and aware of my gender. So you were crafting your personal brand from an early age, um, making all these really deliberate and intentional choices. Correct. Um, very, very correct. And, I th and then also I always found that God always gave me what I needed when I was ready. 
So when right. I got into my workplace and I needed um, to learn work ethic and efficiency, he brought me someone mm. that would teach me that. So that, mm. and, and, it, and that person was a male. And I'm so grateful okay. that my first sponsor and, and men in the workplace was a male because he taught me that in the workplace, the fact that you are black, the fact that you are a woman, if you work for a global company, the fact that you're an African mm. works against you. Right. So you always have to come extra prepared. You always have to prepare for every single meeting. You are that person who's sitting up at night reading because your opinion, nobody cares about it. So when you have an opinion, you always have to back it up with data. You always have to back it up with facts and evidence. Um, because in this world, unfortunately, black, female, African, is the least of the food chain, according to, right. to, to the patriotic system. Mm. I mean, it seems so unfair, but on the other hand, it has made you always work to excellence as your standard, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when it was time for women to come teach me that being feminine is beautiful, that being a woman is actually my story, and that is what will carry me to my next. Then I met women who were so empowered of themselves. They didn't, you know, pull down syndrome for them. It was not a thing. They didn't understand that. For them, they felt like <laughs> you. <laughs> like you, you need to introduce like, me to those women because that's my tribe. Just like you. They're like, what nonsense is that? What pull down what? What's such nonsense? Like, I don't know what you're talking exactly. about. Like, you know? And, and such yeah. powerful females. And those women sit on, 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 on boards for global companies, um, mm. um, Tembi. They sit across a room and they will be the only black female or the only female for that matter. But their outlook is not, I'm the only female here. Oh, poor me. Or oh, I'm a victim, right? Yes, it's not, oh, poor right. me. Their outlook is, oh my goodness, I am hot. So I am going to tell these males what I want, and they're going to do it. Wow. Now I will you use, are giving me goosebumps. You know, they're like, we're going to use this seat to influence, to make sure that we drive change. And when we're done, there's going to be more women around this table. Wow. That is fabulous. So you've really had a very rich kind of um, mentorship, support, coaching, and guidance community around yeah. you from childhood it sounds like yeah absolutely i must i mean i've i've, I've had my bad share of life life happens but mm. when i look back and in hindsight i've had an amazing still have an amazing amazing support structure around me that's fantastic so where are you taking brand sonwa what can we expect to be hearing about you in the next <laughs> You know, because we want to be ready. <laughs> the hype you club is out here. Yourself. You want to prepare our war cries and our chants, exactly. Right. Um, so funny enough, I am one of those people that I want, you know, I want to still be able to walk past people on the street and them not recognize me. And then after mm -hmm. I walk past, I want them to go, oh, was that some of 
then Google, Google, Google. <laughs> then they read up a Bambi and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she did X, Y, Z. Um, and, and when you are about to interview me again, when, when I'm rich and famous on your exactly. podcast, I want them to go, who? And then they do their research and then they realize, oh my goodness. Okay. I'm not a, I'm not a shout. I'm not a, what is the word? I'm not a. In your face. Yeah. I'm not an in your face brand and I don't want to be, I don't intend on being in in your face. I'm a quiet mover. Hmm. Quiet movers are very powerful. They're the king makers. Yeah. Absolutely. That's and that's that's how I intend for it to stay. Excellent. Yeah. And as you are navigating onwards, um, you know, slaying those goals, what are the pitfalls that you want other young African women in leadership to avoid? Like if you had to to stick red flags in the places that you may have tripped if you didn't have help or you did trip what are the say three or four um kind of big big hurdles that women should look out for as they rise Hmm. um i'm gonna pick you said three or four i'm gonna i'm gonna pick four i wanted to say three but then you just said something that actually is quite important the first is um you are never alone. There's a woman out there who has experienced what you are experiencing. And this is particularly related to things like in the workplace when you're expected, where you think you are expecting sexual favors and up um, mm. the corporate ladder or to have a, make a sexual favor for tenders or, and you mm. want to talk to someone about that and you feel trapped as if you're in a you're cornered and that's, you know, sure. you're never, ever alone. You're never alone. I can guarantee you that there's someone who's experienced what you have experienced. So talk out, reach out, speak to people. Don't keep that's those things so to yourself. Good. Yeah. I mean, if, if nothing else, the Me Too movement has shown us that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, fir- that's the first part. Um, the, mm-hmm. second, the second point is to say, if someone is not in the arena fighting with you, then you have no business listening to what they have to say about you or to you. Mm. Unpack that for me. If I, Sonwa, am not a, an entrepreneur um, battling my own battles that come with entrepreneurship, I have mm. no business. Well, you, Tembi, because I will say what I want to say, but you, Tembi, have no business listening to my criticism and me saying, but Tembi, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have gone with this client. Mm. You should have gone with that client. Because I have no idea what you go through as an entrepreneur. Yeah. We have one member of our team who always says, you don't know my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And women. women Whenever something's thrown at her, she's like, "Eh, eh, eh, you don't Mm. know my life. (laughs) Beautiful, right? Because women tend to listen to so many people so much and want to take it in and accept it. No, you have no business Mm. accepting other people if Mm. they're not in your arena. Um, fighting really, with really you good. really really good thank you um, the third one is um, to lift as your eyes 
um, lift another woman as you're rising up in your career. Um, don't ever uh, undervalue the impact that you can have in, in, in the gender parity movement. Mm. Any opportunity you have to lift up another woman, do so. And I guess the last one is don't stop learning and unlearning, I guess. Oh, <laughs> and how, how we need that unlearning. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I'm yeah. scribbling furiously in case you're wondering. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is fantastic. I'm so grateful to you for this. And I, I really believe that what you have learned and what you have shared today is going to make a difference in the life of an African woman somewhere on the continent who knows she's a leader, who feels the call to lead and who wants something, a word, a sign, a tool to navigate um, her journey to, to leadership. So I appreciate Mm. you so much. Um, Any last words for us before we close? I wanted to read, um, I think it was Franz Fanon on the generation quote around how every generation has um, a battle to fight. I'm paraphrasing him, but every generation has a battle to fight. And they can either choose to take it up or to leave it. Either option has consequences and it is up to you to choose which one you want to run with. And that is true to not just generations, but to our own individual lives. And if we as women don't take up whatever calling we have, whatever mission we have, whatever life purpose we have, then we really lose an opportunity to impact um, Africa and to really impact our country and, and our generation. So I hope women are taking up the baton and they are standing up no matter how difficult it is, because it is in the trembling, in the fear um, that we, we, we get up and, and do the achievements that you spoke of earlier when you're reading my bio. Um, it's the only wow. way we do it. Yeah. You're not going to leave us lightly. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> this is a huge, huge kind of commission. Um, that you've left our listeners with and and primarily me. Uh, I mean, the weight of, of generations, but not even them, but even the weight of responsibility for your own life. Yeah. And actually taking that responsibility and owning it and getting comfortable with the fact that you do carry it is, it seems so, so obvious and so simple. But it's something that humans are constantly abdicating. And we see leaders in Africa constantly abdicating. Yeah. So I think that that is, is a very important message. Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best as you continue on your journey. I'll be one of those people on the street looking out to recognize you without having to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is always such a pleasure to talk to you and to catch up with you as such a wise woman. Thank you for taking up your baton. 
Thank you. Thank you. It's not really optional, you know. It's not, not really optional. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't know yeah. this, but you fighting for yourself has helped me fight for myself. Oh, you're going again with the goosebumps. So thank Go you. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sonwa. Lovely right. talking to you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Brand to Build, a podcast brought to you by Brand Builder Africa. We'll be back here next week with more thoughtfully curated content for entrepreneurial leaders who are doing business in Africa. Stay, subscribe, and let us know what you think or what you'd like to hear about next. To learn more, visit our website at www.brandtobuild.co or email askus at brandtobuild.co.